And welcome back to Arts on Fire here on WRFA. And as promised, we have a guest joining us via telephone. David Shine is going to return to Jamestown. You may remember David as the former executive director of the Reginald A. Civic Center and Arts Council for Chautauqua County. He's also an author and world traveler, literally. And he's going to be here in Jamestown next week as part of a new series called Arts on Fire Live with our own Dennis Drew. Uh, to give a preview of what's in store, we have David joining us via telephone. Uh, David, thank you so much for taking time out and talking with us today. Today. Uh, it's great to uh, uh, talk to you and great to be back on WRFA. I was in the room and Dennis Drew came in. I'd just taken a job and he said, We got a license for a radio station. And that's when it all began. 15 years ago, or a little over 15 years ago now, and we're celebrating our 15th year. On, on the air this year, so it's kind of somewhat fitting to have an old friend return for uh, this uh, milestone anniversary, if you will, and, and you're going to be in town to talk about a book you wrote called The Adoption, and uh, and talk with Dennis about that as well, share excerpts from that book. I wanted to get to that in a, in a moment, but first, David, just to update our listeners, uh, some of whom uh, know you, are friends with you, or may not have talked with you in a while, what have you been up to the past few years? I mean, you left Jamestown probably in uh, 2011 or 12 or so, right, about seven or eight years ago? 2000. 2009. Goodness, it's yeah. been that long. In the in the spring of 2009, um, the the Arts Council and the Reds, the, the uh, uh, there was a big depression, and a lot of the foundations lost money. And my job sort of looked like it was coming to an end. And I got a job back in my hometown, in Burlington, Vermont. And so I moved back to Burlington. I got a job with a nonprofit for a while. And then I, at the same time, started doing a lot of freelancing, and I started writing a book. You know, I was going back and forth to Ethiopia, where I had a AIDS education services project, which I'd had before I came to Jamestown and maintained, maintained that, and actually had some people come through from Ethiopia while I was in Jamestown. And so I was working on that and working, doing solo work and beginning to tour again with this kind of my life before I became an arts administrator. Uh, and um, so I was doing that. And then just recently I got a part-time job um, directing the Vermont People with AIDS Coalition, which in some ways brought me back in a circle because in, when I lived in San Francisco, I lived when <laughs> they called it gay cancer. Nobody knew what was happening, but everybody in the performance, or a lot of people, in the theater world and dance world, we're dying and getting sick. And I had done a big musical with 70 people about the plague in London, which was a metaphor for that. And then during that period, or when I lived in Chicago, um, I got involved with folks in Ethiopia and started an AIDS education circus, which is just coming to an end after 16 or 17 years. And so then I got this job recently, which is very part-time. It lets me travel and stuff. So that's been part of my art life for 30, 40 years now. Right on. We, we so that's could... what I'm doing, and I'm doing a book tour now. The novel's finally written after eight years. And I had another book of poetry that I've been working on and doing solo work uh, here and some film work in Germany and California and places like that. 
Right on. Again, we're talking with uh, David Shine. He'll be in Jamestown next Thursday, April the 4th, as part of Arts on Fire Live happening right here at the Reginald A. Center for the Arts on the third floor in our multimedia space. And, and David, we probably could spend a, an entire segment, uh, close to a half an hour or so, just talking about uh, your observations about the, the transitions that have taken place and the struggles that have finally uh, uh, come somewhat to... I guess an, an end, although it never really truly ends in, in the awareness, raising awareness of AIDS and HIV and, and preventing it from being the plague, as you noted, to something that's more manageable. And, and now we're finally seeing uh, science uh, coming to its own and helping out with that. But, but we can save that conversation for another time. I wanted to talk with you about the, the adoption, this book that you said you wrote. And of course, you're now on a tour promoting the book. Well, what is, in a nutshell, the adoption about and why was it important for you to write this? Well, I, I had the gift of getting involved with uh, in Ethiopia just at, at a point when it really started developing and knowing these kids who were street kids. They were really poor. Some were orphans, but they were talented. They were talented gymnasts, and my German friends knew them and brought me in because I was working with kids in Chicago, you know, uh, low-income kids doing writing and theater. And I've known these, watched these children grow up in a developing African country, coming into the Internet, coming into um, having a voice in the world, which African children never had, and looking at how their lives changed over 15, 16, actually over 20 years, the span of the book. And it, it just, their voices captivated me, especially the voices of some of the girls I know who are women now, some with kids and jobs and things like that. And their stories began to interweave. I started writing about them and in their voices. And so this tracks these kids growing up, and at the same time, one of them is adopted and goes to Chicago, you know, because there's a whole lot of Ethiopian kids who got adopted by Americans and Mm -hmm. Germans. It was kind of a business for a while. And so I started writing about the girl who got adopted and her brothers and sisters in Ethiopia and how they came over 20 years together in different ways as the world changed and the Internet changed and being an African kid is very different than it was 25 years ago. You know, you, you can go to an Internet cafe and talk to your cousin in Las Vegas, you know, or right. your uncle in Germany, you know, because there was a big lot of immigration from Ethiopia. So the stories began to take shape, and the characters of these girls and, and, and some boys and some adults, just the characters began to write the story for me. And, you know, I've taught creative writing, and, I, and I've taught some fiction, but I've never written a novel before, and I've written plays and poems and things like that. So the wondrous... Um, process of the characters telling you what to do and you're going no no don't do it. don't go there and the next thing you know you've got a chapter that's going into a whole other direction um and i'm weaving together lots of characters it's almost like a dickens uh, uh a novel um um and it finally ended up when they all came together the americans and the ethiopian kids and some of the ethiopian kids got in america some went to gymnastics circus school in China, which is a real story that some of my kids got picked and went to um, circus school in China and became worldwide performers. These three kids I met who were 13, you know, these orphans in the dust of an African town. 
and that the story was just incredible. Their stories are incredible, and I wanted to capture that. And some of the um, kids who are now adults that it's based on said, you know, this story hasn't been told, man. You got it. So they encouraged me, and, uh, and I finished it. And it took me a long time to wrap it up and to edit it and to proof it, and, and now it's done. And I, I think it's an important story, so I'm committing time to, uh, to really get it out in the world and get it translated. And, uh, and uh, I, I think it's an important story that has to be told. Again, we're talking with David Shine. He's author, of course, uh, spent quite a great deal of time here in Jamestown, and he's returning to Jamestown on April the 4th for Arts on Fire Live, a free event happening and a limited uh, number of seating. If you haven't gotten the tickets yet already, make sure you RSVP them through the uh, Reginald A. box office. But, uh, David, you mentioned the fact that uh, this book focuses on these children, and, and these children said that this is a story that, that should be told and needs to be told. After you told it and after you, you finished your your uh, re- revisions and, and got it ready to be published. Did you give them an opportunity to review it and get their thoughts on on what they thought, their thoughts on it, and, and how reflective it was of, of their actual situations? You know, what's the the critical feedback from the most important people, the the subjects that you're writing on? Well, yes, I did. I mean, that that's what that's one of the reasons I'm speaking in the voice of um, you know. I mean, people might call it a cultural appropriation or whatever you know happens these days, but yeah, no, I ran it by the kids it was based on, and it's fictionalized um, also, you know, it's not their story, but it's their stories, and right. they said, yeah, man, you know, I just got a copy to Ethiopia um, to some of the other, other friends there, you know, because I went back and forth for years, and I'm just... Um, so excited to see what the reaction will be there. And some people might get really mad. I don't know. But the, um, the four or five uh, friends of mine uh, who started the uh, One Love Theater back in Awasa, Ethiopia in 2002, have read the book. And some of the, when I was writing the book, I was asking them questions. What happened to you when you went to China? You know, which they called gymnastic prison school. Or what happened to you? When you got to America and looked up your old friend, uh, and the, the 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 drug dealers were trying to kill him, you know. Wow. I mean, so so story, you know, in Ethiopia, a lot of uh, people are trying to get you know to America and other countries because it's very poor and it's it's hard to live, and they come into that dream and they get right, you know, they get really scared because they, you know. They get into gang activity and stuff like that, you know, stuff like that. Excuse me. Um, so th- those stories haven't been told yet. Right. It sounds like it's a uh, compelling stories, and, and as you noted, some people might get mad. So I would imagine uh, provocative as well. Some some people. I mean, that's that's the point of writing this, though, is to provoke thought and, and get people to thinking about, um, you know, this this life a, a half a world away and, and how it intertwines with, with our own over here in, in Western society, for example. Oh, yeah. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of corruption in Ethiopia and here, um, and it intertwines that. And there, the adoption business was quite corrupt. Uh, it was a business. And my, uh, there's a lot of commentary on, on that. And, uh, and um, the people, in my experience, uh, working uh, in a developing country um, is that a lot of people are there with really good intentions, 
and they're uh, and uh, you know what they say about the road to hell being paved with good intentions. Right. There's there's a lot of of, of real misunderstanding and and cultural mistakes. And my, I mean, I do a solo show called My Ethiopia, My Opia, with E.C. in the middle of it, about all the layers, the onion skin layers of culture and the membranes between people that you go through when you're doing something like that. And sometimes philanthropy can be one of the meanest things, you know, because you're coming in with your, your intentions, but you're not, you're not addressing what is needed to be addressed, which needs to come from the people who are there. You know, you're coming in saying, well, you need that and that, and I'm going to offer that because that gets you off. But it has nothing to do with what's needed or what people need to develop there themselves with your help, maybe. Right, almost assuming you know what's best for somebody who knows what's best for themselves and not giving them an opportunity to offer any input whatsoever. Fascinating. Yeah, and the, and, and and that's money there, so everybody's going to try to, you know, work with you, but sometimes it's really, really misguided and stupid. And, and after a while, I mean, I worked, I lived in Tijuana for a while, so I, I kind of got the picture there that when you go to work with, um, you know, developing country, you know, to do, to do good, you better be doing it for yourself first. You know, so people in Ethiopia say, thank you, Mr. David. What do I say? I'm, I'm being selfish. I'm, I'm feeding myself first. This is something I want to do, and you tell me, please tell me how to do it. Right. Right and, on. You know, and, and it, I was lucky because I, th- I was making theater, and it's something I knew how to do, and they knew how to do it, too. So it wasn't aid. It was like, it was like working with uh, people anywhere, with high school kids at Jamestown High School. And these kids were great performers. They knew a whole lot. They were very talented when I got there already. You know? So right, so you're was, just more or less feed, feeding, the, feeding the fire rather than actually uh, starting it or trying to cultivate it. It was already there in place. You were just there to help move it along and, and usher it forward. Yeah, it's like showing up with a guitar in some country, and there's a drummer there, and there's another guitar player, and they might be from Mongolia or Tierra del Fuego, and you start jamming. So this was, I got there the first day, and these kids showed me a warm-up. And I went, whoa, they got the same language. I'm in physical theater. We warm up. They warmed up. Yeah, this this all sounds great and awesome. I don't want to take too much away from Dennis Drew. I'll remind our listeners that they want to learn more about uh, your, your stories from uh, Ethiopian as well as your book, The Adoption. I urge them to stop on by uh, the, uh, the 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 Regilene on April the 4th, uh, Thursday night. I think it begins at 7.30, but a meet and greet begins at 6.30, so people can stop on by and hang out a little bit ahead of time. And you'll have copies of the books there too, right, right, David? I'll be selling books, and I just can't wait to see the dear people I worked with, like you, for seven or eight years, making art and making arts programs and education programs happen. Right and, on. You know, just full of love for Jamestown and the people who do the arts there and the arts education there. We'll be happy to have yeah. That. We'll be happy to have you back, and you got to see the new digs here now that uh, things have changed a little bit, maybe since the last time you were in town. But uh, where, where are you heading after you leave Jamestown? You said this is part of a, a tour you're doing, and you're going to some uh, larger uh, cities I'm, as well. I'm coming from Chicago, where the project started. I'm going to do a big reading in Chicago in about three days, going to Jamestown, and then I got to go home and get and uh, get back to my life. I've been on the road for six months. I mean, six weeks. Excuse me. Right. So I started in the Virgin Islands where my daughter lives, and then I went to New Orleans 
to do some theater business, and I've been helping my friend move sculptures from Florida up to Iowa. You lead a charmed so, life. It sounds charming anyway. Maybe to you it's something else, but <laughs> it sounds like uh, you're getting out and about, David, and uh, we're happy to have you coming back to uh, Jamestown to, to talk with us for a little bit. Really looking forward to it. Anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? I just can't wait to see everybody get back to the Pearl City. <laughs> right on, right on. Well, we look forward to seeing you, and again, David Shine, and in Jamestown, a, uh, a reading of his book, The Adoption, talking with our own Dennis Drew, Arts on Fire Live. It'll be broadcast right here on Arts on Fire, I believe, uh, the week following. But if you want to learn more about it, go online to our website, WRFALP.com, or the Reginald A's website, Reginald to uh, get information and find out how you can RSVP for a limited number of seats. So, uh, David, thank you so much for taking time out and talking with us today on Arts on Fire, and we'll talk with you next week as well. Thank you, Jason. And once again, that was David Shine talking with us here on Arts on Fire. And David will be live in the building on the uh, third floor of the Rudgelin Center for the Arts for his Arts on Fire live performance and interview with Dennis Drew happening uh, next Thursday night on April the 4th, beginning at 7.30. Doors open at 6.30. And if you want to attend, it's free, no cost to attend, but you'll have to RSVP. And I'm looking forward to uh, hearing more from uh, David during uh, the reading of his uh, book, as well as the interview with Dennis Drew uh, next Thursday.